0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the What's Chopping Podcast. I'm your host, Alec Cradham. Be sure to follow us on social media at What's Chopping Pod. You can also find us at the What's Chopping Podcast on all podcasting platforms. And I'm joined today by a special guest, Brandon, from the LEO Podcast covering Indiana football. Brandon, thanks for coming on tonight. How you doing?
1: I could not be more excited to talk Rutgers podcast. Um, I have a dream. We all have dreams, and I'm living it. So let's... Let's
0: do the dang thing. Let's do it indeed. And again, you can find us and the LEO podcast as part of the Big Banter Sports Network. Be sure to follow them on social media at Big Banter Sports. Also check out our website where we got, you know, blogs. You can check out all the podcasts at BigBanterSports.com. A lot of good Big Ten content. Also be sure to check out the Big Ten Huddle. A lot of great content there as well, especially. I know Rutgers fans have seen it a lot. Sure, Indiana fans have as well. But for now, we got a big game coming up on Saturday at noon. Rutgers travels out to Bloomington to face Indiana. We can talk Hoosiers first. First off, what's the general vibe around the Indiana football program? I'd imagine it's it's not great.
1: Uh, So, you know the meme where uh, the kitchen is on fire and the dog is just sitting there saying "This is that's what's going on. We're all telling ourselves this is fine because IU has lost to four, some really good teams, no bad teams. There's no bad losses on the schedule. They've lost to Maryland, who's a good team. Right, they've lost to uh, Ohio State and uh, Michigan um, teams fighting for the playoff, and then they lost a neutral game to Louisville that they honestly should have won. Right, like Louisville was ranked up until this past weekend where they lost the pit. So you can't say that any of those losses are bad. That's what I keep saying when I'm on a lot of the Big Panther shows. This the IU script had us be at at two and four. So there's nothing actually wrong with the two and four. Because at best we were going to be three and three, right? And beat Louisville. So but still Louisville's better than IU. But the problem is how IU has looked. Like they're just not passing the look test. Even though two and four, everything's right in the world, still six to seven winnable games on the schedule. They have just looked atrocious. And it's been coaching malpractice, to be to be perfectly honest. They we are. Almost halfway through the season, IU hasn't settled on a quarterback. We are almost halfway through the season, and we fired a coordinator. We're halfway through the season, and an r b one hasn't emerged. We're halfway through the season and a wide receiver one hasn't emerged. All the things that you wanted to check off the list hasn't been checked off the list. So um now again, I mean, you have dynamic playmakers. I mean, you saw when IU led by almost a quarter and a half last weekend at Michigan, I said on the Michigan Pod and they laughed at me that Jalen Lucas is going to score a touchdown. and they were like, Jalen Lucas, he's like five six, 160 pounds dripping wet. like no way does the Michigan defense give up a touchdown to that guy. He got a touchdown before the end of the first quarter. There's dynamic players. Taven Jackson before he got yanked in that Michigan game, looked great. He had a bad interception, but he was he he looked better than JJ McCarthy in that game for a quarter and a half. Um, there's players on IU that Rutgers should be worried about but it hasn't been for four quarters it's barely been for two quarters um and the thing that I I'd love to talk to you about because I think you know you as a Rutgers fan and, and the history this is IU Super Bowl it's homecoming it's a game that's you can label a must win in October it's a must win like you cannot drop this game they need to win uh four out of their next six um so this is must win this is desperation mode as you as a a team on the road, does that worry you
0: at all I mean kind of you know Rutgers is and two on the road so far this year yep. and I mean the two losses have been to pretty good teams them being Michigan and Wisconsin and sure. Grand is Wisconsin, pretty good? Good is Wisconsin good is Wisconsin good. Eh, well, it it doesn't help now that they don't have a quarterback, or they they're yeah. down to their backup quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm too worried, honestly. But this yeah. might just be this might just be me drinking the Scarlet Kool Aid because sure. I, I do think Rutgers is a better team than Indiana. So I think I think they're feeling good right now. I also think they're on a high after that win over Michigan State, the wild comeback win. So I feel like they can take care of business here. But I mean, there's always that thought in the back of your mind where it's like, you know will they drop this game that they probably should win? And it's definitely there. I just think that they'll power through because this year just feels different than past years.
1: Yeah. So it, riddle me this bad, man. Um, what, what about what phases of the game is Rutgers better than IU? Cause your spoiler, this isn't a set question. I think you're right, but I would love to hear your re- reasoning. Like which, aspects of the game what positions what side of the ball do you think you hold the advantage of over IU
0: it's kind of tough because it, you can't say all of them because i mean that's just not true yeah um it's it's really tough to say if they have the quarterback advantage i i, I agree i think Taven Jackson will be a good big 10 quarterback maybe just not this year And Gavin Wimsett has shown, you know, flashes of brilliance and also flashes of being, you know, below average Big Ten quarterback. So I feel like Rutgers has a slight edge there. Um, Jalen Lucas is definitely a stud. He had that kickoff return in the game last year. And he really, I mean, he's just an all around, he's very small, I will say, but he's he's an all around stud. Um, But also, I think Rutgers has a better stable of running backs. But I think Jalen Lucas is the best talent out of all the running backs playing in that game because Rutgers has like three or four guys that can, you know, maybe not start on a big 10 team, but be, you know, valuable depth on a big 10 team and Kyle on is once again, leading the conference and rushing. So I, I think, I think Jalen Lucas is the best running back out of that bunch or the most talented playmaker out of that bunch. But I think Rutgers has the better room per se. Sure. Um, yeah. So I offensive feels like Rutgers has a, str- uh, I guess a more consistent offense. I don't want to say stronger because you know, as, as it kind of goes to Rutgers that they have these prolonged stretches of where they can't just can't move the ball at all. But I mean, Indiana's offense isn't particularly good either. So, so I think it's, it's hard up, So say. I
1: haven't watched, I watched the entire Rutgers, um, Michigan state game. Cause I had a four game parlay that I hit that had Rutgers money line. Um, so right. I was super worried for about three and a, a quarter quarter. Um, but so I watched every single second of that game and I've watched quarters here and there. It seems that you guys are a methodical offense. Like if you can get in front of the chains, if you get into second and manageable third and manageable, you're really hard to stop because of how good your offensive line and your running backs are. But if you get into like third and eights, third and seven, this is normal for most average offenses. It's difficult for you guys, but you guys are more of a methodical work the ball down the field offense right
0: yeah I I think you're spot on there Kirk Chirac is all about controlling the ball staying ahead of schedule on offense so yeah. if they're getting like three four yards of carry on first and second down they're probably going to convert on third down and yep. if they don't then they'll probably go forward on fourth down and just you know push the pile there but it's yeah. going to be those yeah long situations where they're not ahead of schedule on offense that is probably going to decide whether or not Rutgers has a good game on offense and you know, Gavin yep. Wimsett's shown some flashes of playmaking in those you know longer situations. He's just got to be more accurate. He can't sail the ball on some of those over the middle throws like he has in the past couple of games. So in that regard, yeah, it's all about staying on schedule for the for the Rutgers offense.
1: So for for Rutgers fans, I use the exact opposite. We're not putting together an eight play, a 10 play, a 12 play drive. It ain't just it ain't happening. The the offense has been such a mess, hence why you fire a coordinator a month into a season. Um, IU is all about the big play. There hasn't been a lot of touchdowns, but when there is touchdowns, 60 yards, 70 yards, 80 yards, coming from guys like Cam Camper, Donovan McCulley had one in the Louisville game. Lucas has already had two or three this year. Um, So if I'm Rutgers, I'm not playing prevent, right? But pretty much if you don't let IU score on big plays, they're not scoring. So I, I think that's a really interesting aspect because you're right. I do think Rutgers wants to play 8, 10, 12 play drives over, you know, four, five, six minutes. use going to hit you in the mouth and try to go, go across the middle, down you know, up the seam. They're going to run trick plays. Um, that's how bad our offense has been is, is reliance on trick plays. But um, so that'll be an interesting dy- dynamic to watch is – how does Rutgers handle those trick plays? Have have they been susceptible to trick plays or or big plays at all
0: this year? Um the big plays I would say definitely not. They've been actually one of the better units in the country at preventing those big hitters like the 30-yard yeah. gains things like yeah. that. Trick plays is a little bit tougher to 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 see yeah. because there haven't been a whole lot of them. Uh Michigan yeah. well, did well, a, get ready a good for job. It. Oh get yeah, ready definitely. For it. I think Michigan did a really good job of just throwing the Rutgers all, uh, defense off base with you know, a yeah. lot of motion. They had a couple flea flickers in there as well. So I, I'd be very interested to see because it feels like a lot of teams just haven't tried a lot of trick plays against Rutgers. Um, but I mean, they could try to replicate what Michigan did it, which, you know, use a lot of motion, get guys out in space. Now, granted, Michigan's offense is a whole nother level compared to Indiana's and that's why they're, Potentially the national championship favorite right now. But right. if there's a way to get to this Rutgers defense, I feel like it's, you know, those 15 to 20 yard over the middle type things. That's always kind of always been a weakness with Greg Shiano. Uh Throw it deep because, you know, they got great safeties. Uh, Flip Dixon is, I believe, number two ranked in FBS and PFF grading for safeties. Desmond Nick had a tremendous game against Michigan State. But there's been a little bit of a problem and it's kind of been a Shiano problem, to be honest with you. It's that the Defensive backs, you know, when the ball's in the air, they don't really get their heads around. They're mostly just playing the man. Yeah. So that could wind up. It it could wind up in a lot of deflections, but it also could wind up in a lot of. bit you guys guys in the Michigan
1: State game though. I mean, there there were. I mean, uh, some of them were bad. I don't know how some of them were pass interference. I thought you guys were getting hosed. Of course, I was betting on you guys, so I was also thinking you guys were getting hosed. But it just seemed like. So what I call because I'm a I'm born in Pittsburgh, diehard Steelers fan. I call it the Joe Flacco play. And that's what that's what Hauser was doing. It looked like he was closing his eyes and just throwing it up and hoping for a flag. Um, so, but I, you know that was on tape. You have to believe that if you guys got flagged that many times, that's going to be something IU, who's pretty inept, is going to try to capitalize. That that only makes sense. That's poor strategy. But when 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 you're doing poorly, sometimes you got to use what you got. Is is the flags in the secondary something you guys think you can clean up or is or is that just gonna be be a problem?
0: Uh I feel like it's kind of both where it's just yeah. kind of gonna be a problem because like I said, you know, they just that's just kind of, I I don't know if it's how they teach him or if that's just how it goes with you know ball in the air, they kind of don't really turn around as well. But yeah, I agree. Some of those calls in the Michigan State game were absolutely horrific. Uh Flip Dixon got called for a roughing the passer when he got blocked into Caden Houser. That made no sense. There was also a pass interference, anyways. Um, I thought that one PI when you know it was coupled with the roughing the passer. I thought that was a good call. There was another pass interference where it was very obvious that the Michigan State receiver just like pushed off. They were hand fighting, and then the Michigan State receiver just pushed off very clearly. But they called DPI on Rutgers on Eric Rogers, which made absolutely no sense. And don't even get me started on the targeting. I I was I was in the stadium for that game. Uh, it's pretty funny in the in the in the Rutgers student section during that break when they were reviewing for targeting, they had like a, they had like music playing on on the big screen or whatever. And they were like going to students who would like sing along or dance along. And so they had it on like me and a couple of my friends that were next to me. And I'm not really paying attention to the music. I just look across the field and I see an official do the, you know, fist to the head fist to the temple targeting. And he points at the Rutgers sideline number 22. And I just absolutely lost. I, I wish somebody got it on, on video because I lost my mind when that happened.
1: Yeah. It, it was, was it was very bad. So again, I'm not a ref. Right, just 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 a fan. I don't know what he was supposed to do there. I mean, like, you can't. How low it was to the ground, and I mean, again, it wasn't a form tackle, but like, I don't know. It it was one of the one of the worst calls I've seen all year. That was just. It was a beautiful play. It was was. a beautiful play.
0: Fourth down, right? Fourth down. Yeah, fourth and one.
1: Yeah, stuck him. Granted.
0: Yeah, granted, the very next play, Robert Longerby enforced a fumble to get the ball back, and then yeah. unfortunately, Gavin Wimsett threw an interception on that next possession. But it made no sense to me that that just—I mean, it was it was ludicrous. And you yeah. could see Powell on the sidelines, like visibly upset and confused on how that could have been targeting. It's funny when Fox Sports posted that clip of him being pissed off. They got the wrong player. Like they said, I forget who it was. I think it was—I um, I forget which player they named. Yeah, I think I it was know. the other guy that wore his 22 on the roster but they got the guy's name wrong, which is kind of just, I don't know, man, just indicative of the whole situation.
1: Right. Just, just a mess all around. Um, So you, you covered the offense. Um, You know, I mean, I, I think, I think you characterized it. Okay. Um, I think gam or Gavin Wimsett don't listen to the LEO podcast. Cause I was not kind to him at all. I think both quarterbacks are bad. I think, I think, I think both quarterbacks leave a lot to desire to call Gavin better. Sure, like I don't think either one. They'll both try to lose the game for each team <laughs> on Saturday. Um, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Your running game, I think, is is going to dictate a lot. Um, I, I think you got to you had a definitely a two headed monster. Can't I? Don't think I really saw enough to see the three headed monster that you speak of. But your your running backs are better. Jalen Lucas also isn't a running back. That's that's kind of why. Um, the offensive coordinator got fired. He's a slot receiver. He is Rondale Moore, okay. right? I, I doubt you watch much of the, the Michigan game because because why would you? Um he maybe took 10 plays in the backfield. Do not expect to see Jalen Lucas in the backfield much at all. If he's in the backfield, it's a direct snap, it's a trick play, it's a something. He's he's a slot receiver. That's where he should be. So um I think our wide receivers are better. Um, I think Cam Camper before is is a fringe all Big Ten player. And then you got Jalen Lucas. So I think it's a push. I'll give you the edge on quarterback. You guys definitely have the running back. You guys definitely have the offensive line. I'll give us a wide receiver, the wide receivers. But you need a quarterback for wide receivers to matter. Right? Right. right. Um, so, yeah, I'll give you guys the slight edge on the offense. I'd like to talk defense here shortly because – well, you guys have the number eight offense or number eight total defense, right? Number eight total defense, I think, in the country.
0: Uh, something like that around that range. Right? I mean, you haven't played anyone but Michigan. I mean, look
1: at the teams that I... I use defense as 39th, which that seems average on paper, but I think your listeners just heard who we played. Dynamic offense in Talia. Dynamic offense in Jeff Brom and Louisville. And then you got... Ohio State and Michigan, where we held Blake Corum to 53 yards, Donovan Edwards to 20. Um, the Ohio State running backs combined were under 100. Uh, I use defense is criminally underrated. It is a really, really good defense. I think this this is.
0: I don't know. Is it legal to bet in New Jersey? It is, but not on. You can't. You, it's it, the rules are very are very conflated. You're allowed to sports bet in New Jersey, but yeah. you can't bet on New Jersey teams. So like you can't bet on the Jets and Giants or Rutgers while you're in New Jersey. But once you leave New Jersey, as long as it's legal in that state, you can bet on Rutgers. Well,
1: you're in Bloomington this weekend. Download DraftKings because it's legal in Indiana. This is an under game. Like I what I think the over unders at forty. This game may not touch thirty. Um, I'm being, we'll, we'll save predictions here for, for probably the next five or 10 minutes. Um, but both defenses have NFL players. Both defenses are really good. Both offenses lead a lot to be desired. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be interesting to hear kind of your strengths on defense. Cause I think both these teams are upper big 10 defenses.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I, I do think that They're both upper echelon, big 10 defenses. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Rutgers is that they haven't played many notable uh, opponents of late, you know, or at all really. So that's going to be the big thing. It's like, and even this weekend, they're not really facing a strong offense as we previewed already. So it's, it's going to be a lot of like, when is the other side of the, when is the shoe going to drop or the other shoe going to drop for a better term? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, after this, it's the bye week and then it's Ohio state. So Way up in terms of quality of competition, but then the next weekend you go and play Iowa, who is down to like their third-string tight end, their backup quarterback, and a bottom like uh, you know I'll say uh, Brian Ferentz is like a top 130 offensive coordinator right now in the country. Um, so that's I that's the thing. It's like I don't know how good this defense is. You but can only play who's yeah. on
1: your schedule. Like to be exactly. Honest. Exactly. Like it's a big 10 West problem that you guys are almost facing, right? Like you're a big yeah. 10 East having a big 10 West problem.
0: Yeah. But I think the strength of this defense is definitely in the front seven. Uh, the defensive line has a ton of depth and they have one of the better defensive line coaches in the country. Marquise Watson, who hasn't been there all season because he had a bit of a health scare uh, before the season opener. He hasn't been back at all, but they've been playing for him. They've been rallying around him. We haven't really heard an update on his status. Just, you know, hope he's doing all right, but. Yeah, I mean this defensive line is is fearsome. is It's 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 really good, and it's all led by Aaron Lewis, who you know when you look at his numbers, maybe they're not eye popping, but he lives in opponents' backfields. Yep, he constantly gets pressure around the edge. Sometimes they have to double team him, and then there's another guy like a Wesley Bailey that can you know come in and get a sack. So while it may not show up in the pure numbers department, this defensive line is going to you know carry the way that this you know, front seven goes. And then the linebackers are really good as well. You know, Tyreen Powell, who we talked about earlier with his, you know, maybe uh, uh kind of BS targeting ejection. He is, you know, the 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 Rutgers linebackers, the top three linebackers, all three of them are in the top 25 in PFF. And I think it was going into week four, they were all in the top 10. So you got yep. Tyreen Powell. And then you also got Dion Jennings, who's also been one of the better ones, as well as Muhammad Toure, who missed all of last season with a torn ACL and has not missed a beat at all. He's more of that, you know, outside linebacker in the 3-4, uh pass rushing, run stopping, that's more of his specialty, but he's been really good in all aspects of the game. So that's definitely uh he's definitely been one of the better performers on this team. He's also up for the comeback player of the year award win uh award. So he's had a great return season. In the secondary, I don't want to say it's a weakness, but it's not as strong, I'd say, as the as the front seven. Uh the cornerbacks, Max Melton, has been touted as a potential NFL draft pick. He just kind of hasn't really had the best season in the past couple seasons, really. it's just It looks like he's just a step slow out there for some reason. He gets beat sometimes, and he's lucky that there aren't bigger plays against him because of, let's say, a bad throw or a drop or something like that. We just don't really know what's up with him. So we're hoping that he starts to turn it around starting this week. Um, But on the other side, Robert Longerbeam in his senior season has been excellent. Uh, he forced a fumble against uh, Michigan State. Also got an interception, pretty sure against Michigan State. He's been great. Thinking about maybe shadowing him on a number one receiver. May, that might work. We haven't really seen a ton of that, but um, that's the quarterback situation. Uh, the safeties—they, I, i, I on pretty much every pod. I describe it as they play like their hair is on fire, yeah. led by Flip Dixon. Like, like I said earlier, Flip Dixon. He, he's an animal. Uh, he's a hard hitter. He's pretty good in coverage as well. But he's just—he's an animal out there. I mean, the guy run—he has, he has great speed. He has great range as well, and he hits. Like I will tell you, he hits. And then you got Desmond Igbinoson, who's another guy who maybe works better in the box than in coverage, but he can yeah. really hit as well. He had four tackles for loss against Michigan State last week, so he lived in the backfield then. And then you got a guy like Shaquan Loyal, whose specialty are those big plays. He has multiple pick sixes in his career. That's what he kind of specializes on—is you know, yep. getting in coverage and you know, getting into that big play area. So. That's kind of a summary of the Rutgers defense. Uh The run defense, I would say, is definitely stronger than the passing defense. Yeah, but the run defense showed some cracks last week. But yeah, I'm very interested to see how it goes. And yeah, you mentioned Jalen Lucas is mostly a slot receiver. I thought I I thought he had been for a while, but for some reason I remembered uh, the, I watched the full Akron game, unfortunately, because that was awful football. Um, and I I saw Jalen Lucas in the backfield a lot. And I guess like you said, you know, they fired Walt Bell. I guess that's why because he's not put in his right spot. So I'm interested to see how they scheme around Lucas and and the yeah. receivers for uh, for uh, for Indiana.
1: Yeah, no, totally. So, um, no, that, I think I think you that, thank you for the for the Rutgers breakdown on the defense. I appreciate it. Um, our defense is pretty similar. Um, the strength is in the front seven. The strength is in the edge. Aaron Casey uh, will be an All Big Ten. Andre Carter will be the All Big Ten. Linnell Carter, who sacked JJ McCarthy twice last week. I don't know I don't know if he'll get to all big ten, but he's really good. um yeah our our front six because we play a four, two five is really strong. um but our our secondary, and this has to be coaching is feaster famine. um, I mean, we picked off Kyle McCord twice, picked off Jack uh, Plummer once, was this close on getting a pick six of JJ McCarthy. But if they don't get a pick six, it's a touchdown or a 30-yard gain, Um, which I hate, right? You know, there would be so many points that uh, that happened in Louisville so much where I think Louisville had three touchdowns. All three touchdowns, because they beat us 21-14, were over 50 yards. And if the corner just didn't try to go for the – didn't jump the route or the safety played the man – you know, maybe a little bit more Rutgers style of defending, um, it, it wouldn't be a touchdown. So um, IU is so reliant on the big turnovers um, that it's a little frustrating. Not going to lie, Alec, my eyes get pretty big seeing how many interceptions uh, Gavin throws. So um, it could be a absolute interception festival because Taven also believes he can make every throw. I think in two years he will make every throw. I think Taven Jackson as a junior could be very dangerous. Right now, he knows he has a really strong arm and he tries to make every single throw, which which leads to a lot of interceptions. Um, but yeah, I, I think we could, both teams could see multiple interceptions um, on, on Saturday. And uh, I'm not so worried about your guys because you guys did pressure Hauser pretty well. One thing, it's only one game, so who knows? Um, but we were getting the ball out so fast. The Michigan broadcast or the national broadcast, really, like they had the whole clock of how fast Taven was getting the ball out. It was always like 2.4, 2.7. So I don't, because of that tempo offense, I'm not super worried about sacks. Um, but then again, I mean, it's die you offense. So how much is there to worry about it on the, on the defensive side? Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's two great defenses and that are both gonna, it, this game's going to be one on the defensive side who makes the bigger defensive plays.
0: Yeah. Who, ma- who yeah, makes it a yeah.
1: short field for the of opposing or for the their team's terrible offense. I think that's who wins this game on Saturday is who's working on the other side of the team's field is I think is going to make all the difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what my mindset has been um, because of, you know, just the lack of offense and, you know, the, the the good defense on on each side, like you said, so that's definitely, that's definitely going to be the biggest key is who's going to win the turnover battle. Um, And no Rutgers was winning the turnover battle against Michigan state but then they kept turning it right back over. So, yeah, Gavin Wimsett threw two interceptions against Michigan State. He has a propensity to sail the ball, like I said earlier when I was talking about the offense, a lot. Um, The one interception was not at all on him. He was. It was in the rain. He hit a freshman receiver right on the hands. It deflected off his hands and right into a Michigan State cornerback's hands. That's just kind of bad luck on him. Uh, the other one was absolutely on him. He was trying to throw a dig 20 yards over the middle of the field. Completely overthrew his man and found a Michigan State safety just sitting right there waiting for the ball. So, so looking at some of the other picks that he's thrown this year, against Michigan he threw the pick six. I really don't blame that on him at all um, because it was a terrible play call when you're trusting your five foot six slot wide receiver and Christian Dremel to seal off a defensive back from Michigan against <laughs> a screen pass on fourth. And two. It's like as the quarterback, what are you supposed to do? You know, I don't know if he's earned the, I, I think he's earned the ability to, you know, check plays at the line and all that, but on fourth down, like you're not, you're not audibling against your offensive coordinator like that. So I don't really put that on him. The Wisconsin pick six. I absolutely put on him. It was a bad ball. It was a bad decision and a bad read. So it, a lot of what Gavin Williams does is hit or miss again. Yeah. He's he's in his third year as a Scarlet Knight, but he's also still like barely I'm trying to remember when his birthday is. He's either still 19 or barely 20 years old. How does that he, work? Had, he ended up reclassing and coming to He joined Rutgers after like three games of his senior season. And he actually played in the 2021 season. Like his first snap of his college career was a fourth and nine against Illinois for some reason. And he converted it. So he's still really young. He's still learning. And. I don't know what kind of adjustments they're gonna make in terms of trying to protect him from those turnover-worthy plays. It seemed like they really started to work the middle more, but then you see Gavin Williams completely sailing on a ball and throwing an interception. So maybe that, yeah. you know, maybe they go back to more of a conservative, only boundaries type offense. You know, no intermediate, you know, post dig that kind of thing, 15 to 20 yards. Maybe they stay away from that because it's all about his accuracy. That's yep. what's gonna. That's what's gonna determine the game for Rutgers. The running game will always be the running game. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be tough. They may not be as efficient. They may be more efficient, but it's gonna be Gavin Wimsett's accuracy that's going to decide whether or not Rutgers puts up points in this game.
1: Yep. Cool. Um. That's that's kind of all. Ready to get the prediction time?
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, as as the guest, I'll go. Um. You ready for this? Are you ready for this this grossness? IU 15. Rutgers 13. Walk-off field goal. Five field goals, no touchdowns by Indiana. Three field goals over 40 yards. 15 to 13, Indiana.
0: Oh, that is ugly. You got that right. You know, I'm 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 gonna say just because you know because I I believe it and also because I'm a Rutgers guy. I think Rutgers is gonna Dude. win this game. This is the last one they need to become bowl eligible. Yeah, like it says, like you're reading right now on the ticker for those who are watching on YouTube. For the first time since 2021, but like the re- first actual bowl game they're actually qualifying for on the field since 2014. Yeah. So I think they'll be able to get it done. I think Greg Schiano keeps them locked in for this game. I think they're going to win seventeen to. I'll go with seventeen to ten, because I think Fair. it's going to be really close. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a pretty game. I'm going to mm-hmm. say seventeen to ten. Uh, I think Rutgers goes on another one of those like eight or nine play drives where they just hand the ball off to Kyle Manungi over and over and over again, and the line gets the push that they need to just seal the game. I think. I think I'm going to be. i think I'm going to spend a, a good time in Bloomington. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. At at the time of this recording, uh, we'd leave in. Doing my math, uh, seven and a half hours. So I'm recording this at 7:36 Eastern Time on Thursday night. So by the time you're watching this, I will probably be in. Let's say I'm, I'm probably going to upload this at noon. So when by the time you're seeing this, I'm either already in Bloomington or I will be in like Columbus or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's hope it's a good trip.
1: It it'll it'll be a drive. I've only made the drive and from in uh from. Indianapolis to uh to Philly so I, I've never I've never continued to go
0: up so um it's
1: an easy drive it's a boring drive but it's an easy drive
0: that's what I'm hoping honestly I, I hope it doesn't rain too much because I'm pretty sure there's like a nor'easter or something I'm just hoping it's oh not it's pouring
1: cats and dogs right now
0: bro you're you're oh, it's gonna be not an
1: enjoyable one it's not gonna be enjoyable no matter what but yeah just, just highway driving just oh it's yeah. supposed to be beautiful on Saturday though like it's like 65 and sunny right 65 and not a cloud in the sky it is it is going to be beautiful it's going to be cold in the morning um brag and i are leaving indy at eight which means we'll probably get to the tailgating fields at like quarter after nine nine thirty um it'll be cold it'll probably be sub 50 still at that time but you know that's what space heaters and uh and layering up is supposed to be there for. No, I'm 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 pumped. Uh, one thing you'll find um IU fans are very nice. Um as opposed to some wow. other fan bases who are Indiana football, right? You go to an Indiana basketball right. game and it's it's a little it's a little different, especially the little rivalry Rutgers in Indiana has going on um in basketball. But yeah, I mean no one gets too worked up on Indiana football. It's gonna be a nice fall day. Have some drinks and 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 just enjoy your time. Um yeah. Bloomington's a blast. I I went to college there, I got married there. Um I have season tickets for football and basketball. I go to Bloomington as much as I can. It's uh it's an amazing place. I hope you have a great time.
0: All right, yeah. Hopefully it's a good weekend uh for everyone, really. So well, yeah. Well, well I got <laughs> one before of us, we go, one before we go, I
1: cannot forget this. The the LEO uh podcast does have a few questions for you. If that's okay. okay. Shoot. This was, this was not in the prep. So this is me kind of, uh, interview attacking you. I apologize.
0: No worries. No worries. Go ahead. Do you
1: know Jersey Mike's secret menu?
0: Uh, Jersey Mike's secret menu. I don't believe I do. Are they a sub above? Yes. Okay. Do you have an uncle Tony? Do I have an uncle Tony? Um, Let's see. Do I have an Uncle Tony? I do, actually.
1: You do. There we go. That's we. We were kind of joking. Everyone in New Jersey has an Uncle Tony. Um, what do you call the to- rainbow toppings that go on top of ice cream?
0: I see. Uh, I call them sprinkles. That's what they are. Okay, good. That's what they are.
1: But the Jimmy's? I I was unaware of this Jimmy's until I've heard of until it. Last I night. never.
0: Yeah, I never used it, but I've heard of it being used. Yeah.
1: Last question. Why is everyone in New Jersey afraid to pump their own
0: gas? Um, that is a great question. I don't actually know. I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a plenty this weekend. Yeah. I guess. So I, I know I'm not, but I, that's a great question. I, I yeah. don't know. That was yeah, just so like something stupid.
1: We 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 have a uh, a segment on our podcast called Brando's Rando's, um, and we get we do questions like that all the time. Uh, but no, thanks thanks for playing around. And I I wish we had the pumping your own gas thing in Indiana because I'm sure it gets cold in New Jersey. It gets cold as hell in Indiana. I, I wish that service existed because when it's February and you know it's eight degrees outside,
0: I know I I'd up I'd pay for that upcharge. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. uh, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Again, be sure to follow the LEO podcast on uh on Twitter and all that fun stuff and on the podcast. Be sure to follow us at what's chopping pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, as well as follow the what's chopping podcast on all podcasting platforms. Brandon, thank you so much again for coming on tonight. And you know, let's hope we all have a good time out in Indiana this weekend.
1: Good weather and maybe some good football, like a shred. Of good football. Right, my man? Maybe maybe a play here and there. There we go. Thanks, everybody. All right.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>